Welcome to the Dunker Punks Podcast. I'm Nancy Fitzgerald, one of the hosts. Today, my co-host is our content provider. Emmett Eldred has a really incredible and interesting interview for you, and I'll let him get right to it. And as he introduces the setting, think about a time when you were with friends having one of those deep conversations about the meaning of life. Friends who were open and caring. Now let the freshness of that experience wash over you again as you listen. Dunkerpunks. This is Emmett Eldred, and I'm really excited to be back for another episode of the Dunkerpunks podcast. I'm coming back to you a little earlier than I'd expected, but that's totally okay. I am super excited to be bringing you this audio today. A couple of weeks ago, over Memorial Day weekend, I had the pleasure of attending Young Adult Conference, which was held at Camp Harmony in the Western Pennsylvania District of the Church of the Brethren. Young Adult Conference is an annual gathering that takes place every Memorial Day weekend and welcomes all members of the Church of the Brethren between 18 and 35 to share in a weekend of fun, fellowship, and worship. This was my first Young Adult Conference, or YAC as it's often known, and I had the pleasure of being invited to serve as one of four speakers, all of us speaking on the theme of loving neighbor at four different worship services. I have to say that this was one of the best weekends that I've had in a really long time, and there's just too many reasons for me to list that all right now with the time that I have. So if you want to find out what makes Yak such a special and worthwhile event, well, the best thing you can do is attend. Like I said, it's held every year on Memorial Day. It's usually somewhere in the eastern United States. Next year, it'll be at Camp Brethren Woods in Virginia. In addition to serving as a speaker, I was also invited to give two workshops during the conference. I thought really long and hard about what would be the best and most unique workshop that I could do, and I decided why not tape an episode of the Dunker Punks podcast. So that's what I'm bringing for you today. During both workshops, I sat down with a group of three or four young adults in the Church of the Brethren, and we talked about what does it mean to be a young person of faith? What does it mean to be a young person in the Church of the Brethren? What does it mean overall to be a member of the Church of the Brethren? We also talked about some of the challenges facing the church and how we see ourselves as young people fitting into the solutions of those challenges, as well as our hopes and dreams for what we can accomplish as a denomination and how we can move forward. I was really, really impressed with the quality of the conversation that we had. I think that you'll find that the people that I talked to were just so thoughtful, so invested in this church, and it gave me a lot of hope for the church moving forward. And I think that uh, you'll feel the same once you listen to it. Like I said, there were actually two workshop sessions, so there are actually two conversations. I'm just bringing you the first one for now, and in a couple of months, I'll bring you the second one as well. The conversations had a lot in common, but they also had a lot of differences, and I think both of them are very valuable for us to listen to as young adults, and I hope that leaders in the Church of the Brethren listen to them as well. I'll have some more thoughts about this after the conversations, but I just want to get it started now. So without further ado, uh, please listen to this wonderful conversation that I had at Young Adult Conference. I'll start by letting each of the participants uh, introduce themselves. So can I get just everybody to say their name and maybe their congregation and what district they're from? I am Heather Gentry Hartwell. And I'm from the Shenandoah District. I attend Bridgewater Church of the Brethren. And I'm Timbo Hartwell, her husband, and I also attend Bridgewater Church of the Brethren. I'm Rachel Lukowski at the Palmyra Church of the Brethren in the A&E District. I'm Kiana Simonson, and my home district is the Pacific Southwest District, and I, my home church is in the Esto Church of the Brethren. And we're at the Young Adult Conference at Camp Harmony in the Western District of Pennsylvania. Oh, I'm Emmett, and I'm from the Holidaysburg Church of the Brethren in uh, the Middle Pennsylvania District. Um, 
I wanted to talk today about just our experiences as young adults in the Church of the Brethren, um, and I think that we have a great collection of young adults in the Church of the Brethren to have that conversation with. So first of all, can I just ask, um, obviously we're at Young Adult Conference, why did, why did you guys want to come to Young Adult Conference? I've been coming for years. Um, I, my mom actually got me to come to the first one ever that I came to um, because it was at our home camp, Camp Blue Diamond. And um, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but she was like, it's a lot of young adults, they're brethren, go check it out. So I did. And I've been hooked ever since just because of the community and, and getting to hang out with other um, brethren, young adults, and we do fun things, and it's fun to—I mean, even things like the hymn sing. It's just things that we don't get to do on a normal basis, and um, yeah, I love the community here. The community is definitely a big part of it for me, um, as well as the hymn sings. I think that we have hymn sings like nobody else has hymn sings. Um, I'm also here. This is my third yak, but this year I'm here on behalf of On Earth Peace. Um, but I really enjoy. It. There's no. There's nothing like it in my day-to-day life. Um, my day-to-day life is very business-oriented, um, and so it's nice to come here and relax and feel at home. I sort of have a confession to make. is I'm something of a recluse, and I'm almost as happy just staying home as going anywhere. But then my wife really loves coming, and I really love coming with her because she loves coming. So she pulls me out of my hermit's cave. (laughs) Yeah, um, my NYC year was 2010. So since then, um, being a part of camp and on Youth Peace Trial Team, I just really wanted to maintain this connection with other young adults. And I also look to the future a lot. So I like the idea of maybe um, one day coming to National Older Adult Conference and knowing some of the same people that that I met, you know, years ago. So let's talk a little bit about a couple of you brought up community. Um, what is what do you think is unique about the brethren community? What what are the things that you find in this community that you can't find in your day to day lives? Well, I think for at least in this young adult conference, enthusiasm level is definitely off the charts. Um, everyone who's here wants to be here and is super excited to see everyone else who's here. And then in the day-to-day, well, more week-to-week church life, uh, the Brethren Church has a great deal of diversity in the culture and level of liberal or conservative and all of these things in its various congregations. And based on the large number of churches I've seen and visited, I'd say they, there's, there tends to be a Brethren Church for everyone. Um, I really love the church I'm at right now because of all the churches I've been to, it's the one where I walked in the door and instantly felt like I needed no facade. I needed no putting on um, my church face, no putting on my best behavior. It was just walk in and be me with other people who are being them. And we're all just happy to be ourselves with each other in a community. I think for me, uh, day-to-day, I really do try to live out um, peace as much as I can. And sometimes, um, for people who didn't grow up in the Church of the Brethren, who have never really been involved with the concept of, like, not war and things like that, um, it's really hard for them to grasp world peace because it's such a big concept. And so I really enjoy being here with people who kind of have an established idea of that and even though like opinions vary um there's a lot of forbearance and love around the subject whereas day to day I don't receive as much understanding um from kind of the outside world about what I what I am passionate and love about God and I think like as a young adult God is kind of a weird subject in like everyday life Um, But it's very important to me in the same way that it's important to a lot of people here. I think um, we all come from different backgrounds, like Timbo was saying, but I feel like, yeah, fundamentally, we're all, we all have this, like, string that is attached to all of our hearts (laughs) that is the brethren core, kind of. Um, And I I feel like we just have something special. Um, I forget exactly what we were talking about, but I was talking (laughs) with somebody outside of the church recently about something, 
And they said, oh, wouldn't that be cool if we did that in church? And I was like, well, we do. Like, <laughs> I forget what it was. I don't know, like um, sing together in four parts all the time or something like that. And and uh, I was just like, well, I wanted to be like, yeah, that, that's that's what we do. Come to the Church of the Brother and you would enjoy it. You know, like we have um, a really good community. And I think that was another thing. They were like, oh, it would be nice if there was a place that everybody could get together and, you know, do this and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, that, we do that already, <laughs> actually. So <laughs> come join the party. <laughs> Um, piggybacking off of what we've said about there being different kinds of brethren, that's something that I've always really enjoyed um, learning about, like meeting others that are a little bit different from myself. And um, my sister's actually Old Order Mennonite, so I enjoy that connection to the Mennonite community as well. And when I, uh, when I was a camper at Brethren Woods, I went on Heritage Camp, um, so I got to meet some Old Order brethren in Pennsylvania, and that was fun. And that has enabled me to evolve into a young adult that um, the, the way that the kind of brethren that I uh, live my life as now, I, I, I see myself as a very um, culture, culturally responsive person. Um, so kind of like what you were saying with telling someone, well, we do do those things um, in the Church of the Brethren. I see us as being very involved in current events and I think many young adults um, move away from whatever church they're attending because they don't always feel like that's the case anymore. Mm-hmm. So I'm proud to say that that um, I feel like we definitely are culturally responsive and and um, involved in current events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the peacefully simply together piece it's just so perfect for mm-hmm. like whoever came up with that was brilliant. <laughs> it really embodies like the core of the brother life. Like it's just, we're, we're simple people and we're peaceful people and we are, we love being together. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think one of my favorite things about coming to Yak too is that we are like, most of us are like politically involved or involved in some sort of greater good. And I love coming and like not having seen people for years. And then they're like, like Amanda was like, I'm a doctor now. And I was like, amazing like that's so cool well it's it's so great to be around people that i don't have to explain why i care about (laughs) what's happening in the world that that people just generally get that you should care about things because it affects people (laughs) yeah so I, i wanted to come back to something that that rachel had said about um kind of talking to young adults in other denominations about the Church of the Brethren. Uh, something that we talk about often in the Church of the Brethren is, on, on the one hand, we talk about how there's so many people who we think would really enjoy being part of this denomination, that this um, our traditions and our faith heritage and our values and ideals are something that are very popular in a lot of circles outside of the Brethren today, but are not necessarily associated with church. And at the same time, we talk in the Church of the Brethren and outside of the Church of the Brethren about how young adults are moving away from the church, how there's fewer and fewer young people who uh, get involved with uh, organized religion. Uh, You have a growth in the spiritual but not religious category. Um, So what would you say to a young adult who is hearing about the Church of the Brethren for the first time? What makes this denomination unique and and why why would they find a good home in the Church of the Brethren? Well, it reminds me of an experience I had at community college. Um, I'm a pretty social guy. I just enjoy hanging out with people who are comfortable just hanging out instead of necessarily having activities. So I ended up with a group of people that we were always in the dining hall at the community college I attended. And a fascinating thing happened one day is, you know, there were a couple of different religions at the table. We all just respected each other. And one day I, I mentioned being Christian and everybody at the table reacted in shock. And uh, I'll never forget the statement of, but you're too nice to be a Christian. <laughs> and it's, it's this idea that seems to have spread quite a bit, especially among the younger generations. They think of sort of an older generation judging them mm-hmm. for being different or not being like them. And there seems to be this perception of, I mean, 
in the media and everywhere, you hear about how, oh, the younger generation is awful and blah, 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 and on and on. And it's, it's very frustrating. And um, I think there might be a connection between that and sort of the falling away from the church because the church is um, broadly perceived as being part of that judging of the younger generation. And um, for me, the Brethren Church has been a place where I, I kind of, in, in my own way, I kind of feel like those other students felt. It's, it's too nice to be one of those hard religious organizations. It's, it's just too nice to think of it in the same category a lot of the time. And so it's somewhere where I can go and people are just nice. One of the, one of the most uh, powerful moments for me recently is when Timbo and I were transferring from my childhood um, congregation, Mount Bethel Church of the Brethren, to Bridgewater Church of the Brethren at the same time that I had taken a new job as an intensive English teacher working with migrants and refugees. Um, Bridgewater Church of the Brethren has an, uh, a house for immigrants, and they had uh, invited the family from Somalia, who is um, Muslim, to the Wednesday night meal. And it was really neat to be able to um, come to the Wednesday night meal at our new church and see one of my students and um, to see that family sitting down with um, people from the church. And uh, they couldn't read, so they couldn't, they couldn't uh, read the menu. But we had just drawn a picture of a pig for them so that they knew um, if they could eat the meat or not since they didn't eat pork. And I thought, that was very profound, and it, it still um, sticks with me. Something I really appreciate about the Church of the Brethren is um, how open to interpretation it is about Scripture and about um, who God is and who God wants, like, how God wants us to interact with Him, and there's this kind of basic understanding, this peacefully, simply together and I think everyone's kind of on that page, but as far as that goes, you're you're allowed to express yourself how you want, and without that kind of judgmental aura that surrounds a lot of Christian rhetoric. And I really, I really have appreciated that because maybe some of the things that I believe are a little bit different, but I still have a place here. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, uh, it it kind of links back to Jesus's way of doing things to me because. Some places there's sort of the perception that you fellowship with the other people that are of your faith and of your ideals and like you and that you approve of. But then if you look at the way that Jesus approached it, he went out and fellowshiped and then moved forward from there. He didn't he didn't check your references before he'd sit down to a meal with you. He said, these are people. So let's fellowship. Those studies that um, we're talking about, the spiritual but not religious, I mean, um, a lot of them also found that kind of the shift has been towards service. And I, I feel like we, living the way Jesus lived, we have turned towards service. And no matter what your religion, no matter where you come, if you're brethren or not, I mean, that's we're welcoming to all and to go out and do service to all. Um, and I think the Church of the Brethren is really good at service. Um, we, I mean, we have Brethren Disaster Ministries. We have uh, the Children's Disaster Ministries. We have work camps. And um, when I was work camp coordinator, uh, I would explain what I was doing to people, like even in just the grocery store at the work camp on site when I'm buying the groceries or whatever, that people be like, oh, why are you in town? And I'd tell them I was doing a work camp with, uh, with youth for the week doing service and they would always be like, wow, that's, that's cool. You mean like high school, junior high students? I was like, yeah. And it's just this thing that like, we just kind of take for granted sometimes. I think that we are, we, we love doing that kind of thing. We love going out and just helping people the way Jesus helped people. And not everybody sees that every day. And I think that that helps us get back to giving Christians a good name. Cause we, if we associate Christian with serving others again, like it should be, then I think that, that, brings us back to where we should be. Service is really the thing that brought me into the church. I attended the Modesto Church, and I, I liked it, and then I decided to do Brethren Volunteer Service, and it changed my life. It was amazing. Quick check. Has anyone else at the table been BVSer? So I have, yeah. 
Yeah, it's three of us then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so, like you said, three of us at the table have been PVSers. Um, basically, all of us have pursued a higher level of involvement in the church in some ways, whether it's been working as camp counselors or working with On Earth Peace, mm-hmm. um, uh, even just coming to Young Adult Conference. Um, what is it about the church that makes you not just want to come on Sundays, but but pursue that higher level of in, of engagement? And and what would you what would you say to other young adults in the Church of the Brethren in terms of encouraging them to engage as well? What what what's so valuable about that to you? Um, as far as BVS goes, for me, Brethren Volunteer Service, just in case. <laughs> um, I actually I knew I wanted to do a volunteer service after college, but. I took the time to actually research other um, volunteer services. I looked at like the Quaker uh, Quaker service, Mennonite service. I looked at Mission Year. Um, I even looked at a couple monasteries that took people, and I a lot of them were really cool. I almost went to um, a convent that, that needed help, and I even had conversations with them. But I kept coming back to that the Brother and Volunteer Service just because um, it was a lot more of my background and a lot of those also like mission year they're really good um, services but um, they also involve some kind of um, evangelism type service also so you're not just doing service you're also like kind of earning money and you have to like earn your keep kind of and um, brother volunteer service was just focused on the service about it you know and so I kept coming back to it and eventually um found out about the community house. That's where I lived in Elgin. And that kind of sold the deal too, because it was an intentional living together in community. And so it wasn't just about serving um, the community around us, but also trying to foster community within the, the volunteers also. As somebody who's done brother volunteer service and looked at a couple other uh, service corps and things like that, um, Brother and Volunteer Service I found to be the most accessible mm-hmm. um, it's very easy to get involved once you make the decision and I think um, young adults definitely all over the country have this like urge to travel and um, it's like a really easy way to do it and I think that like secrets out that some of the, like that has been my motivation to like kind of travel for free <clears throat> but also to like really invest in the travel like I don't I don't want to go to Europe after college you know I want to I want to get down and dirty and like that's like that's what service is about I think is like the investment um and and it's just that's I think that's where you really receive like emotional and spiritual benefits from from struggling a little bit. And I think that that's really also the only way that you can acknowledge privilege is to like do hard work. Um, and so it's been really awesome for me to be involved and I would just encourage everyone else to do it. Um, I know, um, at my first yak, we talked about how to tell people about these mountaintop experiences where you like kind of see God and like what he's doing and, where he's working and it's it's very hard to convey that but um but it's easy to convey that it's accessible to travel and it's accessible to have fun and to do these kind of cool things whether it's peace team or camp counseling or yak or mic or things like that it's it's pretty simple to go those places but it's it's very existential as well and if you can get your foot in the door while well, it's easy and experience these existential things it's it's life-changing I was not or have not been in BVS but I have been on youth peace travel team in 2013 and I was thinking um, when Kiana was talking that I probably was drawn to the travel idea too um, but now that I've it's been almost five years since I've been on the team Um, I realized that I applied because I wanted to know people. Um, The Church of the Brethren has always been homey to me, um, and so I wanted to get to know other brethren. And I was also really drawn to the peace aspect of the team, and I think that that peace aspect makes the Church of the Brethren um, really stand apart from other denominations. And I would say to um, other young adults, I went to a, a workshop a few years ago, and it was... 
it comes back to what we were talking about before. It was titled, um, we like Jesus, but we don't like the church. And so um, I think the young adults in the Church of the Brethren are really working to address that. And it doesn't have to be that way. Um, we've talked about the service aspect of that. And um, you can you can have your, your faith and you can also be um, plugged into current events. Right. So something that I find um, is that I'm constantly like, explaining to other people what the Church of the Brethren is because uh, it, for uh, as much as our great love for it, um, it is a pretty small denomination of about 100,000 people in the United States. Um, and so that means that there are a lot of scenarios and situations where we find ourselves outside of a Church of the Brethren context. So how do you find yourselves living into brethren values and ideals um, just in your normal, personal, professional, whatever lives that take you outside of the Church of the Brethren circles? Well, a key aspect, again, for me is just be nice. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, that kind of has some broad scope to it. Just this general idea of fellowship. Fellowship isn't something that you force to happen. It isn't something that's exclusive either. It's something that you just do, and you don't have to plan it either. So wherever I go, I seek fellowship. doesn't matter if you're different than me, if you have different interests than me. I try to seek connections between me and you, ways that we are able to fellowship with each other. And just showing respect to other people's ideals, um, treating them well, because that's how... Um, that's how I would wish them to treat me, you know, embodying that idea of do unto others in the day-to-day life is, I think, at its very heart, the core of the Brethren Church. Um, something that I've really enjoyed about Cincinnati is playing music in this punk scene, and the punk scene is a, almost about as far, like, out of the church realm as you can get, um, but it's also, like, a scene of young adults Um, And social justice is a big topic right now, and everybody kind of has their own interpretation around that. And I have found it really interesting to kind of see the hate rhetoric around social justice. Like, if you don't believe in this, like, branch of feminism, down with you. And, like, there's a lot of sadness going on there. And I think that um, I... I love social justice, obviously, but um, at the same time, I think that hate rhetoric is very, very traumatizing and sad to see. And so as somebody who, like, as a peacemaker, I feel like it's always our job to show love to people, even if they're not on the same track. And it's been very, very challenging um, in this particular scene, but I think that that's something that makes me who I am and it makes me a part of this kind of peacefully simply together idea and it's it's what I, it's what I love and it's what it's what we need so you're a literal dunker punk yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I, I work part-time at a church and then part-time in retail <laughs> um, and it's been really interesting I just started um, kind of getting back into the you know real world um, and I try to look at it as a ministry in itself. I mean, I am selling, and it, you know, I'm, it's about the money. But, <laughs> but I also try to. Um, it's a store that has clothing just for uh, larger women, and so honestly, it is its kind of own ministry because um, being a larger woman too, it's always been hard to find clothing that makes me feel comfortable and and not like out of the women's section at JCPenney, you know? And so, like, all growing up, all my friends would have all these cute outfits, and there was really nothing that I could wear. And I found this store back then as a shopper, and so it's almost like being able to give back, and, and it's framing a retail job that could just be a couple hours a week just to make money into a ministry opportunity, and just thinking that these women might also need a little boost, you know, self-esteem. You know, we talk about dressing them from the inside out, and um, literally we have bras and underwear. But but it also, I think, inside out, I mean, from the inside out is 
you know, dressing them to make them feel good about themselves and not just put clothes on their body, but to really appreciate who they are and then let that shine in just how they dress, kind of. So just in in other situations, just trying to think about, you know, um, I do my ministry at the church, that's literal ministry, but where outside of the church am I doing ministry in my day-to-day life? I think the brethren sort of go where they're needed, and I've always liked to think um, myself as a stem cell. So I see a need, and I go, and I conform uh, to try to do my best um, for what that need is. And um, also, I think that uh, even though we're a small congregation, or a small denomination, rather, um, we would love to grow, but being brethren sort of lends itself um, uh, to, to make that work, um, because as brethren, we have Anabaptist roots and something that I've always heard about being Anabaptist is that you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, when you're leading a work camp and someone asks you why you're doing that or what it is, um, that's, that's what we're called to do. Yeah, it really hits on. We, our official tagline is peacefully, simply together, but another one that we use often is another way of, of living. Um, and I think that all of those are really wonderful examples of how you can be just a part of your everyday world and your professional life that ostensibly is outside of the church, but uh, really um, by embodying the values that you've learned and by following discipleship to wherever it leads you, that you, you can't help but embody the values of Jesus in your everyday lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked a whole lot of positive about the Church of the Brethren, um, <laughs> but obviously the church isn't without its tension and turmoil. So what do you, how do you guys see yourselves fitting into the important conversations that the church is having as young adults? Do you feel welcome to the table um, how do you feel like you are you're best suited at at serving the church itself? Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like last year I was a delegate to annual conference, and that was the first time I've ever been a delegate at annual conference. I used to go as a kid um, and just participate in the youth activities and stuff. And so I know working in the church, you know, doing BVS and working in a church, I know a lot of the issues that are circulating. Um, but being a delegate and being in the middle of it and having to vote, like actually put a word to what I feel, um, that was really hard, but really good because I felt like I really started to actually understand the heart of the issues, um, where we are coming from, the hurt and the, the, the fear. And, you know, I, you start to fe- really feel it when you're sitting on that uh, annual conference floor. Um, and and I, I feel like as young adults, we need more um, experiences like that, not just like that, because that, that is pretty scary so, <laughs> to do all the time. Um, and also it's very in the moment and we need to have more time, I think, to you know, discuss things. And that's why there's committees and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, putting myself out there and actually delving into the issues, I think, is what is going to help to... I don't know, to mediate those issues. <laughs> well, um, which one was it, dearest? You were, the, <laughs> you were the delegate. Which year was 2015. it? 2015. Right. I was going to talk about that, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was an interesting. Um, she was the delegate from our church, and we were on a honeymoon, so I was obviously alone. Uh-huh. But uh, we attended the annual conference then. And it... It was definitely a glaring divide hearing some of the things that were spoken in the debates and discussions and, uh, and disagreements um, between sort of a younger generation attitude towards some of these issues and an older generation attitude. And it's not completely fair to put it that way because I have known a lot of older people who were, um, who fit more with sort of the more popular trend in the younger generation of, of more open acceptance of different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems to come across as a difference in approach of um, either trying to defend 
your faith against those who would subvert it or trying to share your faith with those who might need it. And I think, like you said, it, with younger adults getting more votes, um, over, and it's just the way that the cycle of life works, is the young adults of this era, before long, will be the middle-aged adults and then the older adults. And so a lot of the ideals that are coming up and, and causing sort of, like you said, a falling away from organized religion, well, the ones who hold those ideals and stick with the organized religion, they're going to start coming into a majority at some point over the next 10, 20 years. And it's going to cause a shift in some of these conflict, ideological conflicts, I think. And it's, I get the impression that some of the vehemence in these ideological conflicts is the older generation realizing that that's going to happen. And it, it seems to cause a feeling of helpless horror amongst those that truly believe it's the wrong way to go, that sooner or later it, it is likely to go that way. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's also really powerful and encouraging to remember that the younger generation um, is the future and that uh, what we care about, as long as we stick with it, eventually we will be the ones casting the votes. Yeah, I think as a young adult, um, I've only been a delegate once, but I would like to be a delegate again um, and to be involved uh, in similar capacities because I want to be prepared for when um, those older adults are no no longer there for me. And um, uh, it's just myself and other folks my age and and folks younger than us. Um, And I think it would be good to have more experience um, with things like being a delegate because I got to see that people were people do get angry in the Church of the Brethren despite um, our hopes and our attempts to be peaceful because we care so much about what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always try to remember that and I just uh, try to make myself available to have those conversations. Um, it's, it's even more difficult now with the political climate because um, a lot of the things that are going on now were not happening when I was a delegate um, in 2015, or they weren't so um, glaringly loud. But I'm trying to make myself um, available and open to conversation, um, and I think we'll get there. I think for me uh, personally and off the record for any on earth peace things, the um, the like the the forbearance and the tolerance seems to come from one side. And uh, it's the more progressive side. And I think that that's, that seems really hard for me to watch because it's not only do I, I disagree with the other side, but I see kind of these, like, these values that aren't necessarily what I identify as brethren being held. And it makes me very sad. And so that's, like, personally where I struggle with the church. And it's without those values, like, where... Am I brethren? Are we brethren? Who are we? Um, But also, like, the things that I can do, um, we are also, like, a predominantly white denomination, and uh, I identify as Latina, and so I personally would like to see more uh, growth of people of color in the church, and not just as speakers that we all clap for and then go home, but in in our congregations and in our pews and in our like lunches and families and things like that. Um, so I would really like to see that grow. Part of what we were talking about earlier is it seems to be this sense that young adults, like forbearance almost comes naturally to us, that we are really interested in having these conversations instead of just being very black and white. Um, so how... I, I This is definitely a struggle of how do we invite... Um, other people into forbearance that um, that it is a two way street. So, what would you say is are some of the ways that the, that the church can be better at being of, of practicing forbearance? Again, yikes! <laughs> it's, it's really hard. Uh, I don't know if I have an answer at the moment. I think I always think it's interesting too at young adult conference that um, 
we do seem to also get. I mean, not not everyone agrees. Not, I mean, we don't have one side here, but we do tend to lean to the more progressive side sometimes at Young Adult Conference. And I don't I don't know exactly why that is, but I would almost you know I I would hope that at some point we could invite some of those young adults who don't feel welcome for some reason and we could have that com- this is this would be the perfect place to have that conversation you know like let's get together together same age group everyone you know and and just talk it out instead of like on the floor at annual conference when we are fighting for causes you know and and just hear each other's stories like we talked about today you know i mean we all have stories and we all have reasons of why we believe what we believe um and why it means so much to us so i mean why does someone's opinion who's different than me why why is it so important to them where does it come from you know and um how can we talk about it and move forward instead of yelling at each other back and forth i guess well for me, just in day-to-day life, I, I tend to get really frustrated with... I, I, I give in and make comment wars online <laughs> with people over, over jokes they make and stuff like that. And um, at college, there have been a couple instances where somebody tries to crack a joke and I sit there, look them in the face and tell them, that's not funny. You, you can't use that as a slur or an insult. That's not okay. And it's there's this um, idea nowadays that's really common that the younger generation is a bunch of wimps who can't take a word, can't take words, that they need their safe space, and, and they're threatened and, and whiny, and it always drives me up the wall when people talk like that because it's not fair. Um, younger generations tend to be more tolerant of other ideas and more open to talking about and listening. Even our younger generations right now, they want to, but what they want is the ability to have equal rights for their ideals and beliefs. And older generations seem quite frequently like they need their safe space. They can't stand ideas that are different than theirs. They make them very uncomfortable, and they don't want to talk about these ideas that are different from theirs. Whereas a lot of young, the younger generation are open to talking about the old ideals, but they want equal respect for their new ideals. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, even just in day-to-day life, being the person who, when people make comments or jokes about oh, you and you're needing your safe space and you, know, you can't take a joke and just being able to step forward and say, hey, that's, that's not them, that's you. You, mm-hmm. you need to treat this equally and it's not funny. This is people's beliefs and people's um, feeling of safety. This isn't funny. I think to piggyback on that um, I mean it comes back to Jesus saying like these are people let's fellowship and I think that on the Florida annual conference when we get heated and we get passionate it's it's really easy to forget to see those people as people but that's really I think the majority of what we can do is live into our faith and still like remember that those are people and hopefully they'll that's kind of where we like meet in the middle about things like Wendy was talking about last night and Wendy spoke, um, gave the keynote and she said about naming people and seeing people, you know, and giving them names instead of just us and them, you know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's naming each person and saying, I value your opinion. I want to hear your side. Don't, you know, let's talk about it. Yeah. Give each other names instead of us and them. Yeah. I think it's easy to write things off to as too political, and I really liked what Wendy said about that when she said something along the lines of, "If like, how is this too political when it's it's about religion? Honestly, it's about like living through like Christ and love, and you can't have like they go hand in hand. And you, if you're talking about your faith as brethren, you're talking about these politics. And I really liked that." So if we're going back to um, a young adult that wouldn't necessarily feel welcome here at YAC um, for whatever reason, I think I would say to them, 
Um, so we're, we're talking about simply, peacefully, and together. Very simply, we want you to come to Yak, right? We want to love on you. Um, peacefully, I, I think most of us here would be glad to sit down and um, talk about anything that anyone would want to talk about um, and to respect where everyone is coming from, like why they think what they think. And um, together, again, we just want you to come. <laughs> um, a couple of years ago, the camp theme was um, make all things new. Mm-hmm. And so when Jesus came, uh, he sort of got rid of all these Old Testament laws. And, he, and our theme for Yak this year is about how there's just one rule remaining, and it's that you love your neighbor um, and, and that you love your God. And so I think young adults take that and, and they, the ones that, um, the ones that we're fellowshipping with here, at least, um, we take that and we make that what we try to do and, um, try, try not to make it too complicated. All right. So we'll end with the lightning round. (laughs) We'll just, um, if, if you could try to say in like a sentence or two, um, what, just restate what what is most important to you or most valuable to you about being a member of the Church of the Brethren, and as we're young adults stepping into leadership and envisioning new leadership, um, where do you hope to see the church go? Um, and I know that's a very hard question. <laughs> so um, I guess I could I could just start to give you guys more time to think, and I haven't thought about it either. So. <laughs> So mine probably hopefully won't be as uh, eloquent, uh, but um, so something that is just just so important to me about the Church of the Brethren um, is the way that we look backward at at a unique tradition and the way that we try to envision how we can carry that tradition forward and, and still be uh, something that is impactful and innovative and and um, that that just piece about um, another way of living is, is so important to me. <laughs> but uh let's see if it all right so um i mean one of the things that we talk about with darker punks is being countercultural, and i think that the church of the brethren has has paved this this route for itself that is so contrary to the the types of um cultures that we see in the united states and elsewhere that that um are very destructive um, and that's what that's what I like for the church. And, and so what I hope for the church is that we continue to reflect on our tradition and, and move that forward into the 21st century. That it's not going to look exactly the same, but we're going to have that tradition that is still meaningful and impactful in, in new ways. Uh, something that's just been super important for me, like in my journey with the Church of the Brethren, is just the, the basic love for people. And I think that that's the most important thing. And if we lose that, I don't think that we're keeping that tradition and I don't think that um, I think we're losing a lot of what we are Um, I would just really like to see the church become more accessible I think to people of color to people who don't feel welcome because they're on the other side of this counterculture but to keep that love for people while making it accessible like that's what makes it accessible I think um, thinking about the start of the Dunker Punks and uh Jeremy McKenna and talking about mustard seeds. Um, I think I see the Church of the Brethren as those mustard seeds and the weeds that, that sprout and grow and never stop. And I think um, in a good way. And I think that my hope for the church is that one day, not that everyone will be brethren, but that you can just run into anybody and they will know the Church of the Brethren and the things we're doing. And they will want to join us um, just in our mission, even if they don't want to be, quote unquote, Church of the Brethren, you know, but just believing in the mission of serving others, loving your neighbor, you know, living peacefully, simply together, caring for our environment, caring for each other and uh, living that in their own way, in their own religion and their own places. But just that that mustard seed of Jesus just spreads everywhere. <laughs> I, I love the scripture about um, how it goes through all the things, but the, the one part of it is if, if I sing in tongues and, and, 
and all that about if I if I do all of these things perfectly that everyone thinks is the important thing to do, but I have not love. Mm. I'm nothing. It's all for naught. And I think I really like to see a shift in the church away from the ideals of putting purity and righteousness first. Mm. Because it doesn't matter how pure you are. It doesn't matter how righteous you are. If you've dropped the love part, it's all worthless. And so I'd, I'd kind of like to see a shift over time. Just remembering that while those things are good and should be pursued, if you're dropping the love part, it's all a waste. So for things that I really value about um, being a member of the Church of the Brethren and what what I want to see for the future. Um, I'm going to follow Dumbledore's lead and (laughs) pick four words that I think um, are important for that. And these all, again, center on love. I'm going to say genuine, inclusive, um, resilient, and intentional. All right, well, thank you guys so much. Wow. Honestly, it's a little bit moving for me just to have listened back to that conversation ever after having it that first time. After we had finished having this conversation, Kiana said to me and to the group, you know, I wish that there were more opportunities to have conversations like this at events like Young Adult Conference and at other events in the Church of the Brethren. I couldn't agree more. You know, it seems like so often we're busy preoccupying ourselves, papering over our differences, or tackling our differences in very formal settings, like the business at annual conference, that we, that we miss opportunities just to sit down and have really thoughtful, provocative, honest, and compassionate conversations. And just listening back to this group of young people who are so invested in this church, who have such a positive experience from it, but also see the challenges that it faces and want to address those challenges head on. It's something that is really special, really moving, and really inspiring and encouraging for me. You know, I'll be honest, there are times where I have some anxiety about the future of the church, but this is not one of those times. When I listen to all the energy and love that people have within this church, I cannot help but think that its brightest days can still lie ahead if we really put thought, action, creativity, and most importantly, faith and discipleship into action in our life as the church, as well as our life as the church towards the outward world. It reminds me a lot of this idea of mustard seed revolution, which has been at the very center of what it means to be a dunker punk since the movement began at National Youth Conference in 2014. In Matthew 13, verses 31 and 32, Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. This is smaller than all other seeds, but when it is full grown, it is larger than the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. A mustard seed is small It's minuscule, it's unassuming. A mustard plant is a weed. Something invasive, virulent, even a little bit annoying, especially to established orders. But it's also a seed with a lot of power. The oil from the mustard seed is this hot, spicy, powerful flavor that overwhelms the senses. The mustard plant grows large, overwhelming. It consumes that which is around it. In this verse, Jesus turns our ideas about power and potence upside down. Power, he seems to be saying, can be found in surprising, unexpected places. After all, the grandest center of power of them all, the kingdom of heaven, starts like a mustard seed. The idea of mustard seed revolution is that we as disciples of Jesus need to embody that same pugnacious spirit of the mustard seed. We might be small, we might not have much power, but we have a message that is hot and spicy, and we're building a movement that can spread like a wild tangle of weeds. So, if we have faith, 
if we bear ourselves honestly in discipleship, if we go to places where we're needed, but not necessarily wanted, especially by the established order and the powers that be, we are going to do something incredible. Then we're going to bring about God's kingdom of heaven here on earth. This conversation also reminded me of that famous quote by Margaret Mead when she said, Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. In fact, that's the only thing that ever has. In this case, do not doubt that a small group of passionate, energetic disciples of Christ can change the church. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Listening to this conversation, it's very clear that the Church of the Brethren has a lot to be proud of. Our heritage, our emphasis on peace, on justice, on service, our commitment to simplicity and community, we really have established that there is another way of living. But we shouldn't grow complacent, we shouldn't grow satisfied with what we have, but we should be always thinking about what we need to do to bring these ideas forward. And that is what I hope everyone takes away from this conversation. We have to be intentional. We have to be invested. We have to be committed. We have to be involved. We have to be passionate. We have to be persistent. As we involve ourselves in the life of the church, as we help carry forward the church's work to the outside world, and most importantly, as we seek to be disciples of Christ who are his hands and feet in the world today. So I hope to leave you with this challenge. You know, I had a great time at Young Adult Conference, but it was disappointing to me that there were only about 45 young adults there. Decisions are made by those who show up. And while I think that the leadership of the Church of the Brethren needs to be more inviting and welcoming and encouraging of young adult leadership, we as young adults in this church also need to be more assertive and more proactive in taking leadership opportunities when they arise and making new opportunities when others aren't presented to us. You know, the Church of the Brethren started with just eight people who are willing to show up literally put their lives on the line and say, we're going to be part of another way of living. And we're going to commit ourselves to one another and to Jesus by baptizing each other in the Ada River. Now, we might not be in a situation where we have to put our literal lives on the line anymore, but nonetheless, it should be the case that our commitment to discipleship is just as clear in our devotion to being part of this unique really pecular community as resolute. So here's the challenge. Get involved. Join BVS. Come to YAC. Come to annual conference or song and story fest. Take part in your district events. Take leadership in your congregation. Learn about the process of presenting a query to annual conference to change church polity. Get organized. Get active. I so agree with Kiana that there need to be more conversations with young adults just like this one. The best thing that we can do is find and create spaces to have those conversations. The church is always looking for leaders. Sometimes they might not eagerly accept all of our ideas. Sometimes they might even be weary and shy about our involvement because of our age, what we look like, what we believe, etc. But we can prove ourselves by our devotion, by our thoughtfulness, by our commitment, and by our compassion. You know, if we present ourselves and say, here we are, we are ready to lead, and we are ready to serve alongside you, I think that the leaders in this church are going to be more welcoming to our involvement than what we might believe or fear right now. And of course, one way that you can get involved is by writing for the Dunker Punks blog or contributing audio to the Dunker Punks podcast. Whatever you do, just find a way to get involved and then tell us about it so we can share it. Thanks for listening and look out in a couple months for part two of this Young Adult Conference Conversation podcast. You heard your challenge, Dunker Punks. Get involved. So what will you do? Will you research, make a phone call, or go right to a group you've thought of working with? Or will you start something new where you are? 
I am sure that you will make a difference in your world, and it's the only thing that can. So blessings to you and to your mission ahead of you. The Dunker Punks podcast is a collaborative effort among more than a dozen young adults who volunteer their time in order to further the mustard seed revolution that Jesus began. Suzanne Lay is our producer. Jacob Krause created and performs our music and edited the audio this week. Emmett and I host the show. The Arlington Church of the Brethren sponsors us, and we are open to your support so we can grow the movement. And safe travels to all headed to annual conference this week. Prayers for openness and compassion by all who attend.